once again, and welcome to episode 90 of Be Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Be Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode, Serving Healthy Meals at School. Before we get to that episode, let me remind you, as always, where you can find our podcast. You can find us at beboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at Be Boomer Unleashed. You can find our link on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram at Be Boomer Unleashed and on Twitter at Be Boomer Unleash One. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at Be Boomer Unleashed at gmail.com. That's Be Boomer Unleashed at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Give us your comments, your suggestions. And as always, if you'd like to be a guest on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast, let us know what you'd like to talk about, and we'll try our best to get you on the show. Well, episode 90 is an episode we'd like to call Serving Healthy Meals at School. For the past few weeks, we've been talking about how eating habits in general have changed since uh, boomer days, and people have been eating out more and going through fast food drive throughs and making some unhealthy choices um, in recent years. Well, today we're going to turn our focus to eating at school. Now, most of us boomers can remember school cafeterias of the 1950s and 1960s. You know, this was a time when the cooks served us real home-cooked food. They peeled potatoes, strung beans, made hot rolls and desserts from scratch. It was a good time. They gave you plenty to eat. Then in the 1970s, I guess it was, Food distributors got the bright idea of selling school systems boxed, canned, and processed foods. Save time, save money, because, you know, you didn't have to have as many cooks if you weren't cooking from scratch. So for a number of years, all you needed was a box cutter and a can opener, and suddenly you became a school cook. The day of the home-cooked meal had gone by the wayside. Well, today's guest, Rhonda McCoy, Director of Food Service for Cabell County Schools, uh, is bringing that full circle. Her cooks, the Cabell County school cooks, prepare meals from scratch and utilize a minimal amount of processed foods. Well, Rhonda even gets fresh fruits and vegetables and fresh eggs and some meats from local farmers. Rhonda and her staff have also had to tackle the monumental task of feeding school children during this pandemic. We're pleased to have Rhonda on our podcast today. So without further ado, let's go to that recorded interview with Rhonda McCoy now. Well, we have a special guest with us today and a lady that I've known for some time and I've come to respect. Uh, It's Rhonda McCoy and uh, Rhonda is the Director of Food Services for Cabell County Schools. And uh, she's had this position for several years and does a great job feeding our kids here in Cabell County. And it's a a monumental undertaking. And uh, I've invited Rhonda to the podcast today. We're going to talk about how kind of cooking at schools has come full circle and and how um, that has changed over the years. And then we'll talk a little bit about feeding our kids during the pandemic. So... um, Good morning, Rhonda. Welcome to Be Boomer Unleashed. Good morning. So good to have you here. 
Rhonda, let's let our listeners out there know a little bit about you. How uh, how did you prepare for this job? How did you end up in Cabell County? How did old Lincoln County girl end up down here in Cabell County? And, and uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I uh, grew up in Lincoln County and um, in the Gun Valley area. Stayed there until I, w- I was married and moved to Cabell County. So that's how I'm in Cabell County. But as I was growing up, you know, food was always important to our family. And we always grew a big garden and we helped in that. And so our food, when I grew up, was always fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom cooked dinner every night. And it was just from garden food, fresh food. So that's kind of how I became interested. And my degree, I went to Marshall, Mm -hmm. and my degree is in dietetics. Right. So I went to school there for the four years and then got my master's from there also. Yeah, so you ended up in Cabell County. Yes. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have three sisters. Yeah. And I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Oh, gosh. But you grew up, uh, grew up eating fresh food, and you know you talked about you know eating at home and eating fresh food. I think that's one thing that's kind of changed over the years. It, it seems like people aren't cooking at home as much, and uh, wow, does the family ever sit down and eat together? That, that you, you know, you think that's changed over the years? Well, I'm thinking that it has. Yeah. I think that uh, when the fast food came out or processed food, that right that's so easy pr- to prepare, and then you've got all these families working, the husband and wife. There's not a lot of time for meals. So I think probably a lot of meals are on the go, uh, different places, and there's probably not a lot of meal time at the table for a family meal. And you know, you know, when I was growing up, and it's probably similar to you, when it was supper time, as we called it back then, everybody was expected to have their feet under that table. Everybody everybody was there. You know, Mom might not see us during the day in the summertime, especially we mm-hmm. might be out, um, hard to tell what we were doing, but uh, we were doing our own thing, but you had to be back by supper time. And I know uh, when my kids were growing up, you know, it was, it was important that we have evening meals together. But now it seems like Mom's going with Sissy through McDonald's drive through and Dad's going with Junior through Chick-fil-A or whatever. And uh, that uh, that family time is is just not there. Even when I was growing up, you know, you could always count on a good meal at school. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, you know, back then we were used to home cooked food, and uh, that's basically what we got in the cafeteria. I mean, the cooks actually peeled potatoes and strung beans and. You know, they would make soup beans and and all this kind of stuff and cornbread from scratch. Uh, And we could always count on a good meal at school, but we also got one at home. Like I say, not not as much as we used to. So that makes school nutrition even more important, doesn't it? I think think so. Because some of our kids, uh, would you agree that some of our kids this probably one good meal a day that they get. Well, that's what I think, and that's why we try to make the meal at school the best we can do, and that's why we're trying to change our process and and cook more from scratch. Yeah. <coughs> Tell us a little bit about the Jamie Oliver debacle. That well, I won't call it a debacle. It was, it was maybe a catalyst for what you're doing, but you were ahead of the curve on that, but 
he identified Huntington as one of the most unhealthy cities mm-hmm. in, in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and he comes in, and you worked with him uh, uh, on that project, didn't you? It's probably close to a year. Yeah. By the For the entire episodes, it was probably close to a year working with that. So they came in with a team, and they looked at what we were doing. And I think what... Um, their goal was is to show that we were feeding students really unhealthy. Right. And I believe they saw that wasn't so. Right. Because we did nutrient analyze every meal we put out there. Right. So they switched it off to that we were serving some processed food. Right. Which we were doing. Sure. But Everybody we, did. We were also cooking probably at that time trying to fix scratch meals 50% of the time. But still they keyed in on that process. Right. You know, it's kind of interesting, like say, for the baby boomers, you know, we grew up with that cooked food. And then for a number of years there, in, instead of scratch cooking, a lot of school systems, and Cabell County to some degree, but not as not as much. And, of course, you've certainly changed that since you've been here. But it was kind of heat and serve for a lot of times, wasn't it? It, was, it got to heat and serve. And, and, and probably industry helped that. Because they made it really nice for school systems to purchase those kinds of foods because of the meal pattern requirements of requiring so much meat, so much bread. And they they created a CN label on products, which was child nutrition labels. So every child that received the meal got the same portion size, and they were guaranteed that every... every, uh, child served was a uniform meal. Right. So they they created all kinds of processed foods out there that was for the meal program. And most of those processed mood, uh, foods um, pretty heavy on the sodium, weren't they? That's, that's the one thing they did. They, they added the preservatives and the different things, fillers, so that it was cheaper to prepare or to make for right. school systems to buy it at a cheaper rate. Right. So it, they contained all these kind of things. And uh, the sodium went up, fat went up, um, there was sugar in products. So, you know, all those things, uh, the level was, was probably too high. Right. So they, they did work on decreasing those levels, but still it had things in it that probably people didn't even know what, what they were consuming. Right. So, well, and for a while, all you had to have to be a school cook was a box cutter and a can opener, wasn't it? No well, there was, there, was, there was a lot, and, and you know, system solved the opportunity to cut staff right. when all these products came out because right. it was easier. It didn't take as much time or, or in a whole lot less preparation, and most, most of the items were just stick in the oven and then cook them to a certain temperature and then serve them on the school tray. Yeah. A lot of our listeners probably don't realize that there are certain requirements for a school meal. There are certain components that we are required to serve our kids. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, those components have changed over the years, too. At first, they just looked at um, the type of food that was to be put on the tray and went by, like, four food groups. And it's changed over time, like to um, my pyramid, my plate, my plate's out there now. So the USDA guidelines have changed. And um, then they started looking at, 
as more processed food came out and they saw that maybe it was affecting children also that they started looking at sodium levels, fat levels, so they set standards for those. And so with every meal we serve, we have to serve so much of each food group or food item, plus we have to look at nutrient content as to a certain level by age group. Mm -hmm. So the menu you might have, say, for an elementary student wouldn't necessarily be the same as you had for a high school student? The high school students' requirements, they usually have a larger portion of the different components. Right. And now some of the components that we have to put on the tray, um, we have to have vegetables that are either dark green or orange or red, right. and that's so many of those a week must be put on every tray. And it's different levels. High school would have a, a greater level than elementary right. or middle school. And the calorie level's different for breakfast and lunch. And I know even in, um, when the salad bar came into its own at school, you know, that was a, that was a wonderful invention. And... Um, but even some of the stuff on the salad bar had to come off because it had too much sodium, is that right? That's right. Um, salad bars kind of used to be food bars. Right. And they would have lots of different kinds of like uh, maybe potato salad, right. coleslaw, you know, lots of different things like that. So the guidelines became so strict on sodium and fat and those things that we had to make sure that the salad bars were just actually fruit and veggie bars, really. Right. Now, since, and we're going to talk about the pandemic here in a little bit. I don't want to go there now, but do we still have a salad bar, or is it because of the pandemic, is that going to pre-made salads, or how does that work in that? Um, for the time now, we don't have anything that's self-serve. Right. So our cooks are serving everything even wrapping silverware so right. that there is no self-serve items. So um, at this point in time, we do not have the salad bar. As we talked about, we went from scratch to heat and serve. Now we've kind of come full circle. I know in Cabell County, I don't think it's probably like that in every school district in the world, but we're back pretty much cooking from scratch, aren't we? We are. We are. And we think that's really good because you can... Well, for one thing, it tastes better. Sure. I think it tastes better. It's fresher. Um, you can control the amount of fat and sodium or sugar or whatever you right. put in your recipe. You're so, even making your own salad dressings and stuff now, we, aren't you? We do make our own salad dressings, yeah. and they are delicious, yes, and they, they are. are low in fat. Yes, they are. <laughs> when you went to that scratch cooking, and m most of the cooks you know, that, that you had, most of them that were working at the time we went back to cooking from scratch probably hadn't been there when we first cooked from scratch. Most of them had just been in the environment of heat and serve and open boxes and open cans and dump it in a pot and go. Did you get much shove back from that initially with uh, when you went to cooking from well, scratch? Well, it, it takes more time. So, you know, we had to deal with it, that it did take more time for the staff to be able to do this, but we found that the cooks took pride in that. Right. Many of them love to cook. Sure. They still cook for their families at home, and they were interested in helping to create recipes that we could use, like, fresh farm-to-table food in. Yeah. So 
a lot of them, I mean, most of them are just proud that I think that we're doing that process in Cable County. Okay. So much that we've had a training school for the state of West Virginia. Right. So that we ha uh, share our recipes <laughs> with other counties. That's great. And then they take those back, and hopefully they're using them in some of their counties. That's great. Yeah, I know Cabell County, uh, you you have really put us on the map when it comes to food service, and we really have kind of become a, an example for for other places. You mentioned farm to school or farm to table mm -hmm. or whatever. Tell us a little bit about that program. That's really been one of our big projects. We've had um, fresh food that came from farmers, and we also had students to raise crops that they sold to us, like uh, corn on the cob. Mm -hmm. And lots of times students had never had that. So, you know, you can really tell a difference in the taste oh, yeah. of that fresh corn. And then it's just all types of, of um, produce is basically the things that we were using for the biggest part of the time. Fresh cucumbers, fresh tomatoes, fresh romaine lettuce. Uh, fresh broccoli, and this past year we did um, have fresh beef. Wow! And uh, like sausage. Oh wow! So we had we had some meat we added this past year, and and you could tell the difference in that also. Right. I know for a while we had um, some fresh <coughs> eggs too. Were they? Oh, uh, we do. We have fresh eggs, and and we've always had fresh eggs now for several years. Yeah. Uh, and that, that is one of our students that came out of Cabell Midland that provides those for us. Wow, that's awesome. Yes. Uh, and it, at, at one point in time, we had students that were um, selling to the food service program were the highest among the state right. in those sales. Tell me about, a, uh, I know you've got dozens of menus that you use. Um, What's a typical school lunch now consist of? Uh, I mean, I'm, I know you've got, like I say, a lot of different menus, but just some some of the more popular ones that you deal with. And there are popular menus mm -hmm. that the kids, mm -hmm. you have a larger meal count on some days that you do, than you do the others, you know, so. Well, uh, the spaghetti is oh, always yeah. a popular meal. And we use like and you a, had the hot vegetables in we, that spaghetti sauce. We did. Sauce, we don't we you? have a base sauce, a red base sauce that we've created using fresh vegetables. Yeah. And then we usually have with that a Caesar salad. Yeah. And that uses uh, fresh romaine lettuce with air ranch dressing that we put over it, and the cooks make croutons. Yeah. So that's one of the favorites among the students. Yeah. And then we'll have another vegetable with that, and a fruit, and a hot roll. Right. We've always made our school-made hot rolls, and the aroma down the hallways, there's nothing better than smelling a school-made hot roll. Nothing better than that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you're, you're doing more, uh, instead of the white rolls, you're doing more than like the whole wheat rolls now. Uh, so. We do a whole grain roll. Whole grain. Yes, mm -hmm. and our, our, all of our bread still, well, it's changed recently that all of it doesn't have to be like 51% or above right. whole grain. So at least half of our bread must right. still be whole grain um, or whole grain rich. Oh, yeah. Um, I know when I went to school, you basically had, you didn't have that many menus. You know, like you knew what you were going to have, but what day it was, you know. Friday, know. Friday was always fish day. Wednesday was mm -hmm. baked beans and kale. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there were, there were different things like that. But That's the way it was when I was growing up, too. Yeah. It was like there was 
five main menus, and every week <laughs> that's what you had. But we liked it. Yeah, yeah, we did. And you only had one menu. Now you mm-hmm. have a couple of different menus every day, don't you? Yes, we we have like um, elementary basically has one one menu, and right. and then the middle schools we have two serving lines where they have on the second line a sandwich choice or a pizza choice. And then the high schools, we have um, carts in the hallways where they have two different choices of sandwiches or pizza. Right. And then we have four lines through the cafeteria. Wow. Now, the pandemic's changed that somewhat, but but normally that's what we have so that students have a variety that they can choose something from that I hope that they can find something they like. Right. Let's talk about that pandemic event uh, a bit. You were... None of us really saw it coming, you know. Absolutely not. And uh, when we got, uh, quote-unquote, shut down last year, and I don't know if we ever really should have shut down or not, but that's a discussion for a different day and a different topic on the show, but uh, you had to make adjustments on the fly because now all of a sudden kids are at home, but we still felt we had the responsibility to feed them, right? So right. so what happened? How did what what went on there? Well when it first happened we still had uh, staff mm-hmm. because it was still during the school year. Right. So we had already been serving meals during the summertime in the community. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gave us an advantage because we did have places in the community that we knew was good places to serve meals to students and right. there was children that needed meals. Right. So we contacted those sites to see if we could serve meals there. And at that point in time, we had our transportation department to help us. Right. So we had one central kitchen when we started. There was We produced about 7,000 meals. Wow. And um, it grew. Mm-hmm. So as it grew and uh, health guidelines became more restrictive because of the number of people in a kitchen, we had to add kitchens. Right. So we ended up with four main kitchens operating and about 50-some sites that we served meals to. Wow. And we served about 10,600 average a day. Wow. That's, that's, that's incredible. That's, I mean, that's just an incredible number. Now, this year, we've started back up school, started school back up, and um, we have a blended schedule, as they call it. Mm-hmm. We have certain students who go on Monday and Tuesday, certain students who go on Thursday and Friday, and then they all are virtual learning on Wednesday. How in the world do you see that those kids are fed every day? How does that take place? Well, we're feeding the students that are coming to school, like Monday, Tuesday, right. Thursday, Friday. And then on Tuesday, we have a three-day meal box that we send home with those students, and um, that's for the rest of the week for them. And then on Friday, we send home a meal box with three days for those students so that they get five meals. And then the virtual students that are out for the five days, on Wednesdays, we have a pickup time at every school where parents can come from 12 to 1 to pick up a a meal box if they want, and that would include five meals. What, what typically would you find in a meal box? What? Well, what we've been doing is um, we've been cooking. We're still trying, you know, we're still sure. cooking some from scratch. Sure. And we're still making our recipe. And then um, 
we feed our children at school that recipe and then we're freezing that same recipe so that we put those meals, those frozen meals in our meal box wow. that goes home. Man, that requires a whole lot of preparation. It also requires a whole lot of accessories like boxes and meal packs and stuff like that. It, I mean, it does, it does. It's, it's lots of different things that we've had to adjust in order to make this happen. But um, the meal boxes look good. Yeah. And uh, we've, we've, you know, tried the meals to make sure that the frozen meals are going to be okay. And, and that so far that I think they've all, it's uh, turned out pretty good. I think we're going to see some success with this. That's great. You know, when, back when I was in school, we didn't have breakfast. We had school, school lunch. Mm -hmm. And then breakfast came along, and that's a whole different ball game having breakfast at school every morning, too. It is, and we're, um, we're providing that in those meal boxes also, yeah. and it's the same thing that students would get if they're coming to school. Right. And it might be like a sausage biscuit. Right or a chicken biscuit, or um, egg bacon um, on a bagel. Right. So, you know, different things like that, plus a cereal or some kind of grain product and juice and milk, and a piece of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's big business, isn't it? Uh-huh. And, so, and you didn't retire. You could have, and you, I, I <laughs> you decided to I stay didn't. around and help out a while longer, didn't you? I did, I did, but I think that we're just doing the best we can sure. to make sure that students are getting the meals they need. Right. Now, is this something, Rhonda, that's, um, I know you can't speak for every county, but is this something that's happening in every county, some counties, only Cabell County? What, I mean, what what's going on in other places? Well, I heard that some counties were going to try to do, well, over the summer, some of them bought some prepared meal boxes and sent out right. when they didn't have the staff to do that. Right. Um, then other, I've, other counties are trying to buy still some processed items to fill their meal boxes. Right. Um, just, I guess, like a heat and serve items. Send right. them, they're sending them out frozen, though. Right. But then I'm hearing, I heard today that more counties are doing the method we're doing right. than were so that it's more manageable for the cooks. Right. That way they are just fixing one meal a day and then freezing half of it so that they can put it in the meal boxes for later. You all even fed the kids during the summer, didn't you? We have not missed a single day of feeding kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's amazing. We uh, serve spring break, holidays. We haven't missed a day. Did you see serve the same menu, or did you have to modify that a bit for the summertime? Or? Well, in the summertime, we, we did more like sandwiches. Right. And then we had some cooks out there that made pepperoni rolls. Right. So that was uh, part of our meal plan for one day a week because yeah. the kids love those. Oh, yeah, of course. So most of the meals consisted of like a sandwich and um, fresh veggies, uh, fruit, mm -hmm. and milk. And uh, we gave them like some kind of chip product with it. Right. Well, you know, and you've got to get those things prepared and get them out so you got to have something that's not going to spoil mm -hmm. on the way to mm -hmm. the spoil on the way to the destination. And and then we handed those out every day. Yeah. So parents came, picked up meals every day for the, the entire summer. How many coolers did you have to buy? Oh, for my this? gosh. <laughs> I don't even know, but it was it's lots. Yeah. 
Well, I tell you, you have a challenging job feeding the kids here in, in Cabell County. And, um, of course, we've had the summer feeding program for several years now and, of course, continued on. But I tell you, I, I just stand in amazement from where, we've, where we were and where we've come to. And I, I'm certainly glad that you have brought us back around a lot of this cooking from scratch, you know, because it's just so much healthier for the kids. And like I say, you can control the sodium, and people don't really realize. I know since I had my uh, heart failure and I've been on a heart-healthy diet, and, uh, you know, I don't recommend having a heart attack to Mm -hmm. lose weight. I I don't recommend Mm -hmm. that at all. But I've been much more conscious of it, and it's just incredible when you read labels, how much sodium is in stuff. It really is. And the thing about that, too, is when when you use the processed food that's got all the sodium in it, you can't serve as much food as you can if you cook from scratch. Right. So when students get meals actually cooked by the cooks, they actually get more food. Get more food. On their tray. Yeah. So, and it's healthy. Yeah. It's great stuff. Well, Rhonda, we're about out of time today, but it's really been a pleasure having you here on the podcast. If um, I'll give you a parting shot, one thing that you'd like to tell the kids and the parents out there as uh, as the director of food service here in Cabell County, what, what can we do to assure that our kids are healthy, that they get you get healthy food. And I said, what, what would you like to say to them? Well, we just hope that all of the parents would encourage their children to come try our school meals right. and to eat with us at school. And um, just know that we're providing nutritious, healthy meals for their children for breakfast and lunch every single day. That's great. Yeah, you talk about to have them try it. You know, there's a lot of kids that are so accustomed to Big Macs and Chick-fil-A I'm not going to eat that. But then they try it and they like it, don't they? Yeah, you have to try it. (laughs) Yeah, you do. So, and and we've worked hard on trying to make it appealing. Yes, you have. And that it tastes good, looks good. And that we try to also fit in things that we think students like. Yeah. So we try to put some of their favorites on there. Right. Well, Rhonda, it's been great being with you today. You're a great food director here in Cabell County. You're a great friend, and uh, I appreciate you taking your time out of your very busy schedule. I'm sure there's calls that you've got to return as soon as we get off here, and I appreciate you sharing your time with us today. Thank thank you, Jerry. I've I've enjoyed it. Thanks. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Rhonda McCoy, Director of Food Service here in Cabell County School. You know, one thing I forgot to ask Rhonda about, but we talked a little bit about it off air after we finished the interview. They even built some uh, high tunnels here in in, uh, Cabell County and uh, greenhouses, and they grow a lot of their own plants and a lot of small vegetables in those uh, facilities as well. So, uh, Rhonda McCoy and the food service folks here in Cabell County, uh, uh, kudos to them because they're doing a great job feeding our kids. Well, listen, I hope you'll join us next week as we conclude our series on eating habits through the years. But until then, I want you to have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. Goodbye.